The last time we spoke, I introduced the skull, and we whistled through some of the basics of the skull, including some, but not all of its bones. So this week, let's check off some more of those 22 bones of the skull and focus on the osteology that makes up the orbit or the eye socket. Let's introduce some of their names, let's talk about their functions, highlight some important anatomical relations, and add some clinical implications that each of these bones have. So join us as we explore the anatomy of the orbit. Hello everybody, welcome back to the lab, or rather my study this week, as we explore the anatomy of the orbit. Now before we get started, my advice to you would be to grab an image of a skull, or even better, grab a model if you have one, so you can follow along as I speak through the anatomy. If you don't have an image of a skull, well, palpate your own orbit, but do so very gently. This is especially important if you're on public transport, which makes good entertainment for all those around you. Also, a challenge if you choose to accept it is to make a rudimentary paper model of the orbit drawing on the bones and their sutures. So, let's get started and begin the timer. Now, as you gaze into the cavity that is the eye socket or orbit, you will notice it has protective walls. A roof, a floor, a lateral and medial wall, and at the back of the cavity, an apex of sorts that ends in a little hole called the optic canal. As such, each orbit is cone-shaped, and notice how they diverge outwards from each other. Of course, within this cavity lies the eye or globe of the eye, the extraocular eye muscles, the orbit-related cranial nerves and blood vessels, and the lacrimal or tear glands. All this is cushioned in place by orbital fat, and it really is crammed in there. Ophthalmologists will boast that there is more anatomy within the orbit per square millimetre than anywhere else in the body. So anatomy of the eye is going to be a challenge when we come to that podcast. But today let's focus on the protective orbital walls which the bones comprise. Let's look at the floor of the orbit first. This is largely comprised anteriorly of the upper jaw or maxilla, with smaller contributions from the zygoma or cheekbone and the harder to find and palpate posteriorly located palatine bones. Below the orbital floor, within the maxilla, is the maxillary sinus, one of the paranasal sinuses that connects the nose and, whilst that's a topic for another time, this close relationship becomes important in trauma. After a blow to the eye, it is possible the orbital floor fractures and depresses, and the contents of the orbit fall into the space and become trapped, requiring surgical repair. I know, ouch, right? If left untreated, this will result in diplopia or double vision, where the muscles are trapped on the one eye and the other eye still moves freely. Moving more medially, the medial wall is comprised of the lacrimal bone, as it houses the nasolacrimal apparatus, a tube that drains tears into the nose via the nasolacrimal foramen. This is the reason why, when you cry, your nose runs, and it also explains that horrible taste you get minutes after putting eye drops in. Yes, your nose drains into the oral cavity, disgusting I know, but functional. The remaining parts of the medial wall then are made up by the ethmoid bone and the lesser wing of the sphenoid bone, which are two bones that I've not yet discussed. We will discuss the sphenoid at the end, but firstly let's tackle the ethmoid bone. It sits between your two orbits and largely makes up the roof of the nasal cavity, where we'll discuss it in much more detail in our next podcast. The part relevant here is called the lamina papratia, named as such as it is paper thin and so thin you can actually transilluminate it with the light. Housed within this bone, we see another nasal sinus, the ethmoid A sacs, which, if infected, are a potential route of spread of infection from the nasal cavity into the orbit via the medial wall. 
This is why if you're a clinician and a patient presents with a nasal complaint, always ask about eye symptoms and always examine the eye. The roof of the orbit then is largely comprised of the frontal bone, which we discussed last time, forming the superior orbital ridge, which is very palpable. More posteriorly, the lesser wing of the sphenoid bone again forms the roof. The lateral wall is also contributed by the sphenoid bone, but this time by the greater wing, and more anteriorly, the lateral orbital ridge is made up of the zygoma or cheekbone. This is the strongest wall of the orbit and helps protect the eye from laterally applied trauma such as a left hook. Okay, let's finish with the elephant in the room, or rather, the wasp, and let's discuss the wasp-shaped sphenoid bone that, as you've discovered, is by far the greatest contributor to the orbit, making up the posterior aspects of the orbit, including posterior roof and posterior medial and lateral balls. It also forms the base of the skull and the floor of the middle cranial fossa, and its shape makes it one of the most complex bones in the human body. There are two wings a greater and lesser wing, and inferior to the greater wing we see two fissures or spaces visible at the posterior of the orbit, called the superior and inferior orbital fissures for obvious reasons. Most nerves that enter the orbit do so via the superior orbital fissure, with the exception of the nerve of vision, aka the optic nerve, which enters through its own dedicated foramen called the optic canal. This very spherical hole forms the apex of our cone and brings us full circle or perhaps more appropriately, full pyramid, but not as catchy. And that's it, the seven bones of the orbit that protect the structures it houses and has a ton of clinical relevance for you to go and explore in more detail. Spend some time identifying the bones with particular focus on the ethmoid and sphenoid bones, which are always the hardest to visualize. And I will catch you next time, where I guess I should cover the bones of the nasal cavity. Wait, did the timer break? Did I actually finish that on time? Ah, there it is. Catch you next time on Dissectable Me. <laughs>